Hey guys, welcome to Stories from 96. It's your host, Tony Robalade. Firstly, I want to thank you guys for the overwhelming feedback I got on the last episode. I was surprised by how many people actually listened to it. I actually got over 50 listens in like the first week and a half. Um, I even got like some encouraging feedback from my dad. Like it's honestly, I'm honestly just so thankful for you guys. And I hope we can build up on the momentum in this episode. So this episode as it's, as it's titled is being black in predominantly white spaces and i feel coming from nigeria where there's a very low chance of encountering a white person now all of a sudden everybody around me is from a different culture as me with white people obviously being the majority i came from you know a majority tribe being yoruba where there was a sense of understanding for my culture there was an understanding of my background there are people who are familiar with my family and what we've been able to accomplish. And now I'm in the United States on a work visa, hoping that in a couple of mo- in a couple of months I don't get sent back to Nigeria or that the Trump administration doesn't ruin my life or just make it extremely difficult for me to live in the United States. But moving on, I did go to a predominantly white institution, a PWI. I went to the University of Maryland, College Park. And it really was a big culture shock, as I did say in the last episode. In my classroom environment, it was very difficult for me to have people I could rely on like in some cases I'll be like one of the only two or three black people in my classrooms and it's like it was very difficult for me in some situations to be able to you know find somebody I could talk to about this stuff because so much stuff is going on when you first move into you know college you have to you know you're still trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life you're still you know getting accustomed to new people and not being at home and not being around you know your familiar community and while in the classroom, it's like, you know, I want to succeed, but I have to find like, you know, I have to make friends in my classes so that I will be able to succeed. And sometimes, you know, it's kind of hard to be able to say, hi, let me make friends with this guy who has little to nothing in common with me and who thinks that, you know, I'm a struggling child from Africa, quote unquote. Right. So it's like, yeah. So I had like a lot of, you know, situations, a lot of microaggressions that actually happened to me on campus. And I'll state like the first one. So the first time I actually went, I went to office hours. It was for COM 107. I mentioned this in my TED talk. And I was like, you know, I just want to see how I'm doing in the class. You have like a decent public speaker. I want to make sure I get a good grade, so on and so forth. And I went to him. And the first thing he said to me, I will never forget this, like to the day I die was, uh, you speak really good English for an African student. And I paused because I'm like, why does my, you know, being African have to do with the fact that I can't speak English? Like, there really is no correlation. Nigeria is the it's one of, like, the largest English-speaking countries in the world. And I was really pissed off, but, you know, this is my professor. This man is grading me for the duration of the semester. Like, I can't even go off on him, but it was just, like, it's just really how somebody sees me you know if this is how a professor bear with me he was like getting his phd or something so he was like a full-time professor but is this really how my professor would view me and also just to backtrack yeah i actually did see the whole you know white spaces thing the space the fact that you know the university council and they're trying to have like a white have white spaces for students to talk, white students to talk about race and the fact is i actually don't even think it's a bad idea i think white students should be able to talk about race but I don't think the way it was given, like, you know, 
I don't think the way it was portrayed was actually in a good way. I think the intention at heart is good, but the way it was delivered was extremely poor. And also, I don't really see why the university is focusing on white students talking about race when white students have said in the climate survey that they don't really see a problem, but the minority students have stated on multiple occasions, yes, minor, yes, Protect UMD did actually march on to, march to President Lewis' office the day before Second Lieutenant Richard Collins died. Yes, the day before. So white, like black students on campus, have already complained about this issue. Yet you're now making like um, a safe space for white students to talk about it. Like you know, they're clearly missing the point time and time again. I feel the University of Maryland puts out diversity in name, but not diversity in action. The diversity officer at the University of Maryland resigned and stated basically that he didn't like the fact that he was scripted on what he could actually say and couldn't say. And I feel, in an essence, the diversity coordinates the diversity at University of Maryland is just for pictures and for attracting students, but not for showing how much they actually care about the students on campus. And, you know, President Lowe being a minority, talking about how he grew up in, you know, Latin America or so on and so forth. I think talk is cheap. I think it's really the action that needs to be taken. I testified in front of the Maryland General Assembly, the, I think it was the Ways and Means Committee or something, to basically, the Appropriations Committee, to talk about a bill that would actually <clears throat> talk about a bill that would actually allow um create like a hate bias coordinator on every single campus in the state of Maryland that will also help to you know track hate bias incidents in the University of Maryland and so on and so forth because I think it's important for people to actually know it because they don't track hate bias like you know it's kind of ridiculous they'll track all like the other stupid nonsense stuff but you know hate bias like yeah let's not track it but moving on so in that scenario it's actually important so yeah so yeah so being so because of things and situations like that in which i've tried to like reach out reach out to people and people who are not you know they don't look like me or talk like me or act like me i feel it's important for us to first be able to like get people we know so i one of my closest friends is she's actually hispanic and you know it's one of my first hispanic friends like ever and this is because we used to have class from that same com 107 class where the man said this stuff in office hours to one of the last classes we had i had in undergrad together and i think it's really important to build those kind of close friendships and also to be able to complain like for example this year i was practicing in my class for the maryland general assembly because I was going to like get an internship because I, I was practicing to get an internship there. And basically, this white student in my class was like, yeah, bro. She didn't say, yeah, bro. But <laughs> she was like, um, Tolu, I know English is not your first language, but you speak too fast and I think you should slow down. And there was another white girl in my class and she looked at me and she literally like, like her jaw was just open like, this girl is crazy. And I looked and in that moment... I had like a Terry Crews moment and if people don't know what the Terry Crews moment it's like when Terry Crews got sexually assaulted and you know he he said like a man grabbed his his crotch or something and in that moment he was like I would beat this guy down but what's going to be on the news is you know black angry black guy beats this guy down and in that moment I was like I could go off and shout and scream and it's justified but at the end of the day 
I'm not going to get in trouble for what somebody did wrong. So, you know, I made a joke out about it, but I was like pissed off. And I went to go speak to a friend about it. And I sent like a long email to my professor, basically stating that, you know, I wish you had intervened in that kind of situation because I don't want to go off and come off as, you know, like the angry black guy. But definitely that was a situation that was a really big issue. So being black in predominant white spaces is not just bad things, but these bad things are the first things to come about. The second thing is also working with people. It's like working with people who have no similar. Yeah, forget about that. Okay, another thing is professional programs. So there's a so there are lots of professional programs at the University of Maryland. I was a global semester fellow, a Cochrane Ginsberg fellow. I did the Maryland General Assembly Internship Program, as I just mentioned. And the thing is, in all these classes, there was one thing I always had in common. Literally, I was like the only black guy in all these classes. Like in my Maryland General Assembly class, I was the only black. I was the, I was the, like the two black people, but the other guy was like really annoying. So yeah. But in most cases, like you had two or three black people in these programs. And these programs would have about 25 students each per class. And it was like, Where's where all the black people are basically like I know they're not in comparison, I know there are not many students at the University of Maryland, but I also believe that should we should have a push to get more black students onto into professional programs. Because I do think that was one of the many things, you know, and also, you know, by the grace of God that allowed me to be able to succeed and get one of the jobs the the job I have right now. But it's also in a sense, the fact that we need to take advantage of the opportunity that we have. Like, I learned this thing in colleges. There's lots of opportunity. There's lots of money, lots of stuff. But you actually have to look for it. Like, you have to take the effort to step out of your comfort zone and look for these things. You have to take, you have to, like, you know, meet the right person that can get you linked to the job or an internship or so on and so forth. And I think there's this basis of people should, you know, if I go to college, I do my four years, you know, I get my good enough grades, 3.2 and above, then I'm straight. Then I'll get a job or, you know, I'll find what I want to do with my life. But the most impactful experiences, like the top five or in top 10 most impactful experiences I've had were all outside of the classroom. So even though college, I did learn a lot. I learned a lot about economics and like my writing skills went up significantly. I learned how to network and become a professional. But... I don't become a professional, but a lot of the experiences I had, like interning abroad or interning for Congress or you know public speaking and so on and so forth, are the things that have made me who I am today. So the first thing I'll say is, you know, even though you are in the situation in which you are the only black student in your class, some people even their major, like I think you should try to make the most advantage of it and you try to reach out to the people around you i said a lot of bad things about white people and you guys are probably like dang this guy hate white people no i don't but i do realize that these things do happen and the first reason i'll say this is that these things do happen i think it's key for us as you know black people to show other white people who might have this kind of you know belief that we are like you know either inferior or we're here because of a diversity quota or they just want to have a black person in the picture, so on and so forth, that we can actually show them that we are actually more intelligent than they believe we are. Not trying to like, you know, rub it in their face, but you know, your hard work speaks for itself. In a in a like nobody can tell me nothing. Even that girl who said, you know, you speak English too fast, blah blah blah. I testified in front of, you know, the Maryland State government. My the man the legislator I work for 
actually came to meet me and said what you said was amazing. My supervisors came to meet me and said what you said was amazing and what you said to the, you know, the the committee was amazing. So I don't think what the white girl said should honestly faze me anymore because I've I've been able to overcome. You know, I've actually gotten feedback from people who have, you know, common sense. Also, there's this thing of inferiority complex. And I think that's something that also needs to be talked about, feeling that we aren't as good as our white counterparts in a sense because of, you know, we don't have the resources they have. We don't have the situations they have. We don't have the resources they have. We don't have the connections they have. You know, we're struggling. Some of our parents haven't gone to college or haven't, or they don't really understand the times like they work and they don't have this much money and so on and so forth. And I think it's imperative to realize that one, Hard work triumphs over all these things. Like, if you honestly work hard, you will be rewarded for your hard work. If you look at some of the most successful people in their life, they're the people who never gave up. They're the people who work like dogs. They're the people who made, who took all the chances and opportunities that life had to give them. So, the one thing I'll say is don't compare yourself or your situation to somebody else and blame that on why you aren't able to succeed. I believe it's imperative for us being black, no matter your background, no matter where your parents came from, no matter your immigration status, so on and so forth, to realize that if you have the opportunity to go to college, you have the opportunity to change yourself. With the, with the fact that you may change yourself and build up yourself, you can actually impact your family. You can send money home back to your parents. You can buy you can, you know, reward your family, so on and so forth. So never feel that your previous background, your previous situation, or what might have happened in the past is now what's going to be the determining factor for your future. No. The second thing is, as I said, knowing your identity when it comes to being a child of God. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. Time and time again, you need to remember that there is an end goal in mind. Regardless of what your situation may be right now, regardless of the fact that you may be the only black person in your class and, you know, your white group mates, because it's happened before, you know, they're just really rude or they don't communicate properly or they just seem to like take subtle digs that just annoy you. And remember that there is an end goal in mind that this is just a season. You know, when you got your new apartment or your new house, your new car, when, you know, you're actually eating three meals a day because now you can actually afford to do that. I promise you will enjoy the fruit of your labor. Like, as I said, you wouldn't work hard in vain. And when you were enjoying yourself, knowing that you went through all that struggle, knowing that you were broke, knowing that times were difficult, knowing that you had to work with difficult people, you had to work in situations that weren't comfortable, you had to do things that made you step out of your comfort zone, you realize that you have your own story and you have your own testimony that you can share. And you yourself can be a focal point to somebody else who is going through an issue and an issue similar to yours time and time again what has allowed what is one of the many things that's helped me to succeed is being able to listen to other people's struggles and look at where they are now when look at where they are now like i've seen people's lives completely transform i've seen people like buy brand new whips and are enjoying their life but i knew what they were going through while they were in the classroom so i just wanted to tell i just wanted to tell you guys to take advantage of all the opportunities that you currently have Meet with people who are very different from you. Meet with people who you have nothing in common with and try to learn from them. Because the truth about it is we are in the United States of America. Like, we are on, a, we are still in a minority. We are still in the minority. 
two, unfortunately, I have to say this, but the higher up you go, the whiter it gets. Like, I don't really, if you look at, you know, the Forbes lips, the top 100, so on and so forth, there are many faces that look like Tuluwadibi or Balades there, let's be real. And even in your future workplace, in your future workplace, there's a high chance you're going to be one of the couple of black people there. In your future graduate degree, the same thing. Like, at the end of the day, you need to realize that we are breaking the stigma and we are we we the educated black community in 2018 are actually a really big movement and we're going to be able to break the stigma on so many things on the lazy black people the angry black people so on and so forth and this change changing the people around us not change impacting the people around us showing them our skills our talents our culture and so on and so forth it comes from us first succeeding in college succeeding in this places and being able to build relationships with these people later on because bear with me god forbid you're the person who goes to work every day nine to five eight hours a day so we would do more hours than that and you're going to be around people and you're going to say hey these people are white and therefore i'm not going to mess with them is mentioned in the black community of how you know we want white people to be work we want white people to be work we want them to understand our situations and our problems but one thing i've noticed and i'm guilty of this myself is that how often do we try to reach out to the other side how often do we try to say hey i'm gonna like you know make an effort to be really good friends with this person in my class who is white how often do we take an effort to try to get in in tune with what they do not what we like to do and i think taking that perspective is something that's really important i said building relationships is key in life not for the connections but just for the fact of having people it's really i think good people is what makes life worth living so i just believe regardless of a situation regardless of who you're surrounded by it's imperative for you to build key relationships with people from all races all colors and all backgrounds so i've got three takeaways from today's episode so the first is simple reach out to the white people in your classes workplace or community honestly it might be weird at first but it's good to be friendly to all people and it also even in your workplace especially it actually does affect your performance at least in mine it does if you are friendly if you talk about your life if you like if people are comfortable around you and i think it's really key especially for a guy who's like six foot two and dark skinned to like be open be friendly like you may never know you may have something in common and you could just be talking about that and it makes the workplace really different when you can come to work and talk to somebody two use your situation to educate white people about issues issues especially issues that occur in the black community i found out that there is racism there is hate there is ignorance there's racism and hate there's also a lot of ignorance like some people are really not just aware of all this stuff and i think us being in some of the situations we can talk about it i took an educate philosophy education class in college and just usual discussion classes in general and i would always speak up i would speak about and i'll speak my mind and like sometimes it made people uncomfortable but that's the point you know don't sugarcoat things like speak your mind obviously apply things reasonable sense and not go to your boss and be like i hate slavery or something but you know like be smart enough to know when to speak up and chime in and show that you know you are educated show that you do know what's going on and try to change somebody's perspective of an issue and if you can't it's fine but you know some days say what needs to be said three help mentor people who are younger than you that are going through similar situations and i said i think that's it's really key i told you guys last episode i think i mentioned it here look for a mentor look for somebody you can talk to about your issues your problems 
when I was having some issues recently, yeah, you know, I called my one of my mentors up in the middle of work. I was like, "Home oh girl, this is what happened." And they were talking about this, and she was like, "It's not really surprising." You know, I called my sister and said the same thing. So I think it's key to have a mentor, but it's also key to do the same for somebody else. You know, hit up a person once in a while. Hey, what's up with you? How are you doing? The person is your major. Even if the person is just black, or you know, somebody you can connect them with. Do that because it's really key. Like relationships are what helps people survive. And it goes back to the whole, you know, if somebody that looks like me, talks like me, acts like me, has done it, then I can probably do it myself. So I think it's really key for you to do that. The last thing is don't forget that God has a plan for your life and some of the situations you go through help you grow. And here's the thing about Christianity. People have this misconception that once you become a Christian because of all like the stuff you have to sacrifice, that your life just becomes rosy and easy. No, in some situations, it actually does become harder. But the thing is, if you read the Bible, read about David and Goliath, Read about, you know, going to, going to the promised land. Even read about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Like, there were always tough times, but it wasn't the tough times that defined their story. It was, you know, God delivering them for those tough times. And I have a Bible verse, a simple Bible verse for somebody. It's James 1 verse 3, which says, So in James 1 verse 3, it says, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and perseverance as i said is really key so don't be discouraged through the times that when some white person says something that is just like really rude and throws you off and you're wondering how am i going to work with this person again and just to wrap things up since i has as i said i am a bible believing christian i am a born again christian that i just want to pray so heavenly father i thank you lord for allowing us to be here to be able to convene on this podcast i thank you lord for everything that you've just been able to do and lord i ask for those who are in difficult situations situations in which they feel alone because they don't have people they can relate to situations that may be difficult that may be trying lord i want you to show them that you are still there you are still there for them in the times where they are lonely in the times that they feel like they have nobody to speak to and i ask lord that you put people in the place that you send people into their path that would allow them to be able to succeed that will allow them to be able to deal with difficult situations that will allow them to be able to that allow them to be able to to live the life that you want for them oh lord Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.